Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Pugliafito, and I'm here today with Dr. Carl Rogillo, Professor of Ophthalmology at Thomason Jefferson University and Director of the Retina Service at the Wills Eye Hospital in Philadelphia. Welcome again to Retina Synthesis. Thanks, Carmen. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. So, so today we're going to talk about some late-breaking news from Kodiak uh, Bioscience, which is the phase two, three results of their KS301 agent for the treatment of wet AMD. Uh, Carl, can you tell us a little bit about the, the study design? Sure. So this study design actually is pretty similar to what we saw originally with Brolicizumab and the Hawk and Harrier study, um, and then the Farisumab phase three wet AMD studies in that you start with a loading phase of every three months times three, and then you go into this sort of adaptive phase where you fall into a specific treatment interval uh, based on disease activity assessments. Um, and for going back to brolicizumab, that was a choice between eight weeks and 12 weeks in the maintenance phase. Uh, for farisumab, the envelope was pushed to see how durable the drug was going from eight to 12 to 16 weeks. And in here with KSI 301, the study was designed to jump right into 12, 16, and even push the envelope to 20 weeks during the maintenance phase up to the primary endpoint, which is weeks 48, 52. So we're seeing a similar like study design as time goes on, and the control groups are the same, which is um, a flibrocept dosed on label every, every month times three for the load, and then fixed every eight weeks thereafter. And we know what, we know what to expect with that, and that's exactly what we saw in this study. Good vision gains well-maintained over the year. Um, but uh, in this study, we'll get to the results, uh, you hope to see the same, right? You hope to see uh, good vision gains out of the induction phase and then well-maintained up to the primary endpoint being non-inferior to the control group. So the KS301 molecule had some characteristics that made it very promising as a long durability agent. Could you comment about those Yeah, absolutely. So it's a it's unique molecule for sure. It is a standard anti-VEGFA antibody, full-length standard antibody, um, and it's covalently bound to an inert, optically clear biopolymer, and that creates a very large molecular moiety, and um, that in effect uh, increases the half-life, so slows the clearance of the drug from the vitreous cavity in the eye in general. And in fact, in preclinical models, um, the half-life of KSI-301 was at least double that of, this is the intravitreal half-life, um, was at least double that of the drugs we've been using, the Flibrocept and uh, Ranibizumab. So um, that was the background that allowed us to think about this drug as a much more durable anti-VEGF agent. So... So what happened? Well, surprisingly, um, the, the KSI 301 five milligram dosed arm in the study did not reach its primary endpoint of being non-inferior in terms of mean change in BCBA from baseline compared to unlabeled dosing of a flibrocept every eight weeks. Um, and that is a big surprise. We haven't seen um, a promising anti-VEGF not meet its primary endpoint uh, being compared to either, whether it be a 
gold standard aflibercept or ranibizumab. Um, so I think it caught everyone off guard. Um, out of phase one, the open label study with KSI, this drug did look to be very durable with good disease control, uh, adequate drying and so forth. And um, that experience of course, um, led to this, this study design uh, of every three, four and five month dosing with KSI. But when you look at the results, you can see that um, you've got sort of two patient populations, one in which the drug did really work very well and was very durable. Um, but um, the every 12 week arm, which is 30% of the patients, um, unfortunately lost vision and drove the mean of the entire patient population down. So to go over the, in, in essence, the patient population as a whole for KSI 301 at five milligrams had decent vision gains at first through the induction phase and then started to lose vision on average over time. So by the primary endpoint of weeks 48 to 52, a flibercept's had seven letters gained from baseline. KSI 301 was only one letter. Um, so clearly uh, not on par at all. And when you look at the OCT, um, which you know better than anyone else is, is the best measure of disease control, best way to look at disease control. Um, it doesn't seem to adequately control the disease across the board in that we're not seeing is the magnitude, the same degree of reduction in central subfield thickness by OCT early on and then through the study. Um, it just didn't perform as well as ILEA did, um, dosed every eight weeks with this extended dosing. Um, and then uh, what was presented was how each of the arms uh, within KSI, meaning um, the every three, four, and five month dosing, in, in you know, very promising and very encouraging is that 60% of patients were able to be dosed every five months, every 20 weeks uh, with KSI and maintain and have a great vision outcome. Excellent exuder control, six to seven letters gained on par with a flibercept. But it's clear there's a patient population where the drug was not adequately controlling disease and every, even every 12 week dosing was not adequate. And uh, that brought the patient population down and therefore led to uh, the vision loss over time and the non in, in not meeting the non inferiority endpoint. Well, <clears throat> we know that the there's a tremendous admixture of patients with right. wet macular degeneration. There are patients that have a low treatment burden and then patients that have a high treatment burden. Right. And what this study illustrates is it's difficult to tell which patients are in which group. There's no obvious biomarker to let us know that these patients are going to need to have more intensive therapy. That's absolutely right. There's been no study with any of the drugs we've been using, any of the anti-VEGF8 drugs that allow us to predict at baseline um, how intense treatment needs to be for adequate control of disease, whether they need drug every four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. Because um, you can get good vision results and need every four week dosing and get good vision results every 12 week dosing. Um, but um, baseline characteristics, we just can't predict. Could be large lesion, small lesion, lots of fluid, little fluid, good vision, poor vision. 
um, that has predictive value with regards to vision outcomes, but not the intensity of therapy. So no one study can allow you to see the patient in the chair and say, oh, you're gonna need X drug every four weeks or every 12 weeks, and we're gonna be able to extend you better than we can extend someone else. We just can't tell. And so uh, it's pretty obvious we have a range uh, that these drugs have a pretty broad durability range. The drugs we've been using is four to 12 or so weeks with a median of eight weeks in the maintenance phase. Um, and there are veg good VEGF suppression studies that show that's exactly the case. And we see it in practice with OCT, seeing the effect of the drug wear off uh, after a given time frame. Um, in this study, in hindsight, uh, we probably would have had better results if KSI was uh, able to be dosed more frequently, such as every eight weeks. And there is a KSI study in wet AMD that is being, uh, in which the drug is being dosed frequently, and that's the daylight study. And that's looking at monthly dosing. So it's going to be very interesting to see if the drug will indeed perform as well as ILEA dosed on label, uh, but very frequently. Um, and that is, again, it's called the daylight study. So uh, is that the next step for uh, Kodiak and uh, wet macular degeneration? If you yeah. wanted to uh, capitalize on the positive results of this study, how would you design a follow-on trial? Yeah, um, we're not sure we need a follow-up study um, or another, I should say, a new study um, in wet AMD. Uh, if the daylight study, which is um, a one-year study comparing KSI dosed monthly throughout the entire study versus ILEA dosed monthly at the load, but every eight weeks thereafter, if it reaches non-inferiority, it is possible the drug could get a label, get FDA approved in a label that says this drug um, is non-inferior dose monthly. But we know from the Dazzle study, and we'll know in practice when we use the drug potentially less frequently that the drug is certainly more durable for many of our patients. And so I just think of the drug and the ability to control disease with a, a, a really broad range. Um, and so it could very well get approved into the market if daylight reaches its primary endpoint um, without necessarily having to do another wet AMD study, especially considering there's a huge program uh, testing KSI 301 at this dose for other disease states. And the FDA will sometimes consider the totality of the drug's performance, both efficacy and safety across the disease states. Mm -hmm. So it's being tested for DME, it's being tested for RVO, this is all at the pivotal stage for registration trials, and even DR without DME. So there's gonna be a lot of safety data, there's gonna be a lot of information about durability, and in fact, in the RVO and DME studies, this drug is allowed a broader range of dosing, and it is being dosed as frequently as every two months, potentially, for those disease states. Well, the, the getting approved would be one thing, but it would be also have some kind of label that would let us use it in those patients that could use it with 20 weeks. Yeah. See, the, no one's going to worry if we use a drug less frequently, right? So if the label says KSI dosed monthly is as effective as ILEA, um, we certainly have the latitude to dose it less frequently. It's just that the drug cannot be promoted and the sales force can't talk about the drug being used less frequently. Um, we can certainly run our own trials. We can certainly 
do our own treat and extend study. We can certainly anecdotally just treat and extend patients with the drug uh, to see if we can. And in fact, I, I think it, it'd be nice to have a drug that uh, might control 30, 40, 50 or more percent of our patients being dosed every uh, five or six, I mean, sort of four to six, four to five months, maybe. Um, so I think it, it will have, um, uh, to have this drug available will be beneficial for our patients and, and those of us in practice. Well, listen, thank you so much, Carl, for your uh, help on bringing this late-breaking news to our audience. And uh, we'll be following on because I think KS301 does have a future. Yeah, I agree. Thank you.